Welcome back to Tome of Tales. Set in the Cantus Expanse, a long-running 5th edition D&D campaign. This episode is a downtime write-up called Resumption, the Month of Flowers, continuing directly after the events of Begin Again. Thirtieth of Myrtul to the sixth of Kithorn. Light feet stepped out from under a red archway on the material plane and into a familiar grand hall in the heart of the summer court. She had stayed as long as she could with Varys, Bane, and the few that remained of the Order's soldiers. The daughter of Summer was humbled and grateful to have been part of the laughter and tears of the stories shared about those who were no longer with them. And I got to be there for Varys. Merla feels the last of the tensions in her body drawn out from her as she takes her first full, easy breath of the sweet summer air, exhaustion starting to creep in. There she is. A myriad of fae turned towards her in uncanny unison, the exhaustion that was starting to settle into her bones grinding to a halt. The faces looking at her were those of the glorious company, resplendent with no ash in sight, hardly a sign of the battle they fought hours ago in Avernus on their gem-colored armor. Amongst other court fae, Arvel Morningdew, his handsome face made all the more beautiful with a wide grin lighting his features, stands on the steps of the grand dais, gesturing towards her. As if rehearsed, the Fay and Aladrin part, making a direct path to where he stood near Queen Titania. The one who led us on the charge down in Avernus. My queen? He turns towards Titania. I heard the tales of Lady Merla's bravery and adventures on the material plane, but never did I dream them all to be true. She was a vision on the battlefield, fierce as any fay. The Queen of Summer does not look at the commander as he speaks. Even from this great distance across the hall in Perhelion Palace, Merla can feel the heat of Titania's gaze as she studies her. Under such scrutiny, the Fae daughter feels every wound, every aching and sore muscle, every bandage wrapped tightly over partially healed injuries under her armor. The weight of her rapier hangs heavy at her side, whilst her harp thrums at her right hip. It's like She's being put under a scope with the sun's rays drawing to a laser point, readying to set her alight. Merla's eyes are raw from the cathartic laughing and crying she has done with Varys and the others, but there is no mistaking the light that shines out from them as she holds Titania's gaze, being seen and seeing her queen mother in return. There is an 
almost imperceptible lift to Titania's lips that could be the beginnings of a smile before she gestures with her right hand for Merla to come to her. As she passes them, Merla feels how the Fae's eyes roam over her body. She makes herself move with the grace of a dancer despite how tired her muscles are. Head held high, an alluring expression on her face. Gone is the exhaustion, the burning tiredness banished by the force of her will. Merla is on the stage of the summer court. The roles she has taken on over the past few days, molding and merging together, becoming something new, something she has not shown to the great Seelie Queen before. She senses it, a shift, a change in the status quo. But what this change is, Merla is not sure. Still, she will not hesitate. She will seize this moment. Touching her second and third finger to the imperial topaz in her circlet, then to her lips, she bows her head, resting her fingers over her heart as she curtsies at the base of the dais. A sound of rustling leaves ripples out from the fae around her as they watch this display. Merla holds the courtly bow as she speaks, her voice strong and clear for all to hear. May summer's light bless my path, great Queen Titania. There is silence in the hall as all hold their breath. Merla stands, her lips curved into a soft bow of a smile, hands by her side, eyes alight. One of Queen Titania's eyebrows raises slightly as she looks down at her. Summer's light rests upon you, Merla. Once again, a sound of rustling leaves in an imperceptible wind ripples out from the dais among the fae. Merla stands even taller and begins to climb up the steps, coming to Queen Titania's side. As the Summer Queen begins to speak, the rustling stops and all gathered listen with keen ears. Commander Morningdew has told me his tale of what happened, but I would hear the story from you. Merla's eyes fall upon the small sunflower tucked into Titania's breastplate, and she feels her heart stir. She nods, casting a glance at Arvel. He stands a few steps lower now, giving mother and daughter the space to be the center of everyone's attention. After addressing Queen Titania in a manner one of the fey lords or ladies of the court would, Merla knows there is no going back now. One step closer. Merla takes to the center of the stage, recounting the fight between the vanguard and Raxus Highwatch and the timely arrival of the glorious company in Avernus. Then she tells the tale of the battle at the Sundered Chains, of the waves of devils they had held back, of the beauty 
and grace of the glorious company as they sang and danced across the battlefield with her, of the sharp shooting of her friends, and their skills with weapons and magic alike. At first, it looked like we could hold them back, but the waves of fiends kept coming, and though we had great might and magic on our side, there was no option but to withdraw. Merla pauses. The Order of the Crimson Fist Cavalry, led by Gretchen Cold Iron, held the line for us, whilst everyone retreated through the rift, back to the material plane. Merla feels Titania studying her, and a heat rises to her cheeks, unbidden and unwanted. She makes herself look up at the warrior queen on her golden throne. Titania's large and imposing form would have made her feel inconsequential before, but there is a steel to her spine now that holds her fast and firm. You have mentioned this order before. Who leads them? Merla takes a breath, keeping her voice as even as she can. Grandmaster Varys Nalo, my queen. Something flashes behind Titania's eyes. And you chose to see this Grandmaster Varys Nilo before coming to me. The floor seems to suddenly disappear from beneath her feet. Merla does her best to control her breathing, to keep the flush from reaching her ears as the scope of Titania's gaze becomes like laser points again. She has a moment where she wonders if this is her mother's way of testing her. But as Merla is about to respond, the Seely Queen turns to Arvel, a half-smile on her face. It is well that we keep these relations with the mortals, she says to him, though the whole court can hear. However, we must not forget where our loyalties lie. Of course, my queen. Arvel agrees, bowing. Merla watches this exchange, wondering if there is something else being alluded to with their words. But as the Summer Queen begins to address all of the Fae in the hall, Merla's mind wanders. The exhaustion which she had been holding back has managed to slip its meager bonds, and she finds it harder to concentrate as a wave of light-headedness tries to overwhelm her. She feels she cannot stay up much longer, but she cannot just slip away. Merla tries pinching herself on the arm, and the momentary pain brings her back to full wakefulness, just as Titania turns back to her. The Summer Queen's large face is unreadable as she looks down at Merla. We will speak again after you have rested. You have done well, daughter. Titania opined softly to her. My gratitude, Femir, Merla said, doing her best to hide the exhaustion from her voice as she touched her fingers to the gem, then her lips, then curtsied once again, being dismissed. As quickly and as subtly as she could, Merla descended the stairs of the dais, weaving through the fay. Many tried to stop and speak to her, but she politely made her excuses, 
wanting nothing more than to collapse onto her bed and sleep. Deciding the best way to avoid being stopped by any others wishing to speak to her, Merla slipped behind a large Aladrin, hiding from the view of yet another court fay who had just tried to stop her. As they stood looking at where Merla had been, she was already in one of the small alcoves at the edge of the hall. Knocking three times in a pattern on the oak, a hidden door sighed open under her touch allowing her to enter into one of the secret passageways that would lead to her chambers. Merla was unaware of the verdant eyes that had been watching her intently as she made her way across the hall and then slipped into obscurity into the crowd. Their expression is palpable. Pausing on the threshold, Merla turns around to look over her shoulder, her brow furrowed unsure why she hesitated. Shaking her head as she suppresses a huge yawn, like a wisp of smoke, she slips into the passage and the door magically closes behind her. This downtime write-up was called Resumption, The Month of Flowers. Set in the Cantus Expanse, a long-running 5th edition D&D campaign run by the London RPG community. Arvel Morningdew was voiced by Alex Allen. Queen Titania was voiced by Laura Tolton. Thank you for listening. Tune in again for the next chapter in Merla's story.